listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire for the week of July 13th, 2014. Welcome back, everybody, to your longest-running podcast dedicated to A Song of Ice and Fire, home of the longest-running reread as well, which we get back to today now that Game of Thrones is over. So uh, welcome back, everybody. As always, this is Ashley. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. So three out of the four today. He's like trekking around the country or something right now. Here we are. So we get back to Clash of Kings today, guys. We're almost done. The home stretch, yeah. Getting there. Yep. <laughs> what do we have, like six chapters left or so? So a couple more months. A couple more months. <laughs> uh, we have any news? The only thing I can think of is, uh, uh, I don't think we've talked about it. Uh, hopefully we haven't. Is that uh, Michelle Fairley has come out and talked about Lady Stoneheart not showing up in the show. Uh, have you guys read read her statements at all? I'll quote it for you right here. She says, and I quote, Yeah, the character's dead. She's dead. End quote. Hmm. So, a lot of people take that as, well, yeah, Lady Stoneheart's dead, so she's going to be back. But some people are like, no, I don't think the character's coming back. Where do you guys fall on it? I think the director said something about that was worse. I think he said something like it wouldn't fit the story, having this like undead person. That's that's what was worrying people, I think. Mm. I honestly haven't been following the Stoneheart <laughs> thing. I was just so sick of it. But at the end of the last episode, I didn't. I haven't clicked on anything that mentioned Stoneheart. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get the feeling that we're not going to see Stoneheart in the show at all. And uh, you know, uh, I'm not too broken up about it. Uh, I know a lot of people said that she's she's very important to the story, but. Well, the thing is, right now, she's not important, and the, I think it's more we don't know how important she's going to be down the road, and that's why people are not sure how to feel about it yet. Mm. Caitlin was a stronger character in the books, and then seeing her change into Lady Stormheart is more of a transformation, but they've kind of, they didn't do her well in the show, so it's not as essential to have her show up again and see that difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little mixed on it because I've got two schools of thought going. On on one hand, I'm like, okay, so they're not putting Lady Stoneheart in because they know that she's not that important to the ultimate storyline. And that's kind of like possible spoilerish sort of thing. I think you're giving them too much credit at this point. I I, I mean, every time they do a decision, you could say they know, but I feel half the time they just, it's their own decision for their show. It's not necessarily information that they know. I feel like. What they know is more of an outline. I don't think they know all the details that, like, things like Stoneheart and what her plan is for the entire... Well, yeah, they know... Yeah, they don't have all the details, but they know... (laughs) They know she's not going to be sitting on the Iron Throne at the end, you know? Uh, I don't think anybody ever thought that (laughs) in the first place, but, you know, they know that she doesn't have something extremely significant so they can leave her out. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the, the um, director. Or I'm not sure if it's the director, whoever the guy was related to it, his comments saying that she's not important because she's, all she's doing is just killing people like an undead person. That that annoyed people because it's like, well, no, she kind of shows the consequences of revenge and how like she's corrupting the Brotherhood and things that just might be too deep for that guy to understand. <laughs> but on the other hand, it kind of it kind of makes me happy that they're leaving such a big part of the books out hmm. because it, and here's my here's my reasoning for that. When I'm watching the show, excuse me, if they, when we're reading the books, Lady Stoneheart, we're like, oh my God, Catelyn came back. This is awesome. It's a major thing. If I was just watching the show and then all of a sudden the show finished up and I had no idea this Lady Stoneheart character ever existed, 
and then I went to the books, that would happen. I'd be like, oh, my God, this wasn't in the show. This is awesome. And, and it'd be something new and exciting in the book form. So it excites me that they're willing to leave out such a major part of the story. And I feel like as the books continue on, they're going to be on purpose or not on purpose, leading, leading, leaving out really major things that us as book readers love or are going to love once the future books come out. And that kind of excites me because I can watch the show now and know that there's going to be awesome stuff still to discover for the first time when I pick up the final books that George is writing. Well, now you're getting into the whole, are we going to get spoiled completely territory? Well, I mean, we'll get spoiled on certain things, but if you're just watching the show, you're not going to get spoiled about Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're not going to be super nerd raging about these kind of things. I think we're getting past that. I think we'll just get slightly <laughs> annoyed and move just, on. Just discussing them. Yeah. Just discussing them. No exactly. nerd rage. That's what we do here at the podcast. Not like they left out Taisha or anything. Well, she's <laughs> been mentioned a few times. <laughs> not a born nasty. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh any other news you guys i'm i'm out i'm dry on news i don't know if we mentioned before in the podcast but uh the ice dragon which is george's attempt at the good book for kids but a dark book for kids is being redone with louis or louis royo as the artist so i think i'm looking forward to that coming out do we know his work from anywhere else he's done like a lot of fantasy art if you just search like l-u-i-s royo r-o-y-o he's done like all kinds of fantasy <laughs> art type art yeah, we're not gonna tell yeah. you. Just Google it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what his work is called. I just see it. if you if you but if you put it up on Google, like it comes out there. Like he's like he's your stereotypical. Well, yeah, not stereotypical, but like kind of benchmark setting for for fantasy stuff. Not like the cheesy fantasy covers, right? That's a lot more revealing than the fantasy covers. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like the X-rated fantasy yeah. covers. Oh, all right. Well, I'm... but he's good. I mean, he's got his techno kind of style and this as well, and which will for the Ice Dragon, it'll be interesting to see if he brings that. Is it like some heavy metal shit? Yeah, kind of like that stuff. Yeah, he's he's he can do all kinds of work. So it's one of those matchings that you're like, like you kind of be like, yeah, that'd be awesome if Luis Rayo did this, but you never expected it that he suddenly would show up and do something hmm. for George. So, so an adult artist is working on George's children's book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it fits it. I mean, there's mutilation and burning and stuff and the story and people dying so cool cool did you guys see george flipping off people talking <laughs> yeah. about dying i was like yeah. yes i felt like that was an like outdated articles it kind of fell into the, almost the i mean i guess george went on an interview and did it but it's just like yeah this is, yeah i get it this is we probably should have done this like three years ago wait he should have flipped people off years ago or i mean like just like that whole issue like it's yeah it's kind of it's kind of like well, I think he's already. still dealing with it is the problem oh, i suppose yeah he's dealing with it on a regular basis yeah, yeah. all the time just I, I, uh, I can't believe people would you know say something like that to his face i yeah. i'd flip out if every day i got letters and emails and and blog post live journal posts and uh people coming up to me in person being like oh don't die don't die Hope you don't die. Oh, yeah. I'd go crazy. You'd want to die out of spite. <laughs> <I know> <laughs> if you're like Tyrion at that trial, it's like, well, if I die, then at least this happens. And if I don't, then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I screw all of you. <laughs> I saw a lot of people commenting. They're like, well, wh is it wrong for me to care about his health? 
But because you're doing it for selfish reasons. Like, it, exactly. It's, 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 the thing is, they don't care about his health. All yeah. they do is, you know, take a look at him and make a judgment about it. Yeah, you exactly. have no idea how healthy or unhealthy he is. He could be really good physically. He could be fine. Mm. Mm. It's like, you, you care about it for selfish reasons. You just want the book. So speaking of George's work, Clash of Kings. We're doing uh, Aria today. Do you guys know which Aria chapter it is? Aria 10. Yeah. Aria X. Aria the psycho murderer. (laughs) Psycho killer. Qu'est-ce So, uh, what happened in this chapter, Ashley? Um, this is the one where she just coldly kills a guard for the first time. Yes. Um... That's, that's, how, that's how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> about the whole chapter there. <laughs> um, well, there's also the part where she talks to Roos. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at these summary things. <laughs> you, you go ahead. I don't think any of us are good at these. So the, basically, this is a chapter where Arya, Gendry, and Hot Pie le- escape Harrenhal. Hmm. Um, Arya finds out that Roos Bolton is planning to leave and leave Harrenhal to Vargo Hoet, and the kids need to make their escape. And then Arya kills a dude. So that's a brief description of this chapter. So let's yeah. get into it. It's a long chapter, actually. It was a meaty chapter. We're reading. Let's do it. <laughs> I thought there was going to be something about eating people on that one. Um, biters in this chapter. So mm. okay. So it starts off with um, Arya sees all the heads. On spikes at the wall, dripping in the tar, or I don't know if they're on the wall, but there's all these ha- all these heads, all the people that were helping out Tywin mm. when he was around. So the feast for crows. Basically. We're slowly finding out Roose Bolton is a very vile person. Yeah, they didn't have to kill these people. Like it's just they were doing the maester was doing his job, and then he's killed for. Oh God, yeah, maester maester Tothmir. Poor guy. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm trying to think, what stuck out in this chapter, you guys? It's like pretty much the murder. I've, I didn't feel like much else. Uh, this is what I say every chapter. So nothing much happened in this one. And then we talk about it for an hour. <laughs> I guess just, you know, one tyrant or another tyrant, really. Mm. And makes Tywin not look so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roos is bad in general in this chapter. You can see he's... It's ridiculous, like the stuff he does. But I mean, like, it, it, but there's a shred of goodness in Arya still, or compassion. Like when when Amabel threatens her, and then Arya realizes she could have her killed, and doesn't do that at least. Oh yeah, because she could have easily. If she told Roose what she said, that's it for her. Yeah, a lot of people compare Roose as saying like he's the North Tywin, and like I think this really shows the difference between the two. Like yeah. I, I don't see Tywin doing something like this. Yeah. What exactly? The heads of all the people. Well, it it just seems wantingly brutal. Mm. Like he, he's more doing what needs to be done, but you know he he also wants to gain allies at the same time. He realizes the importance of you know not not killing everyone. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think. That's what? Not, maybe it's because I'm a Taiwan fan and I'm just you know looking at it with rose tinted glasses. Oh, Taiwan has his problems, but Roos is worse than him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it makes me think. Was this under? Was this under Roos's command, or did like maybe Vargo Hoa go a little crazy during? But he's the whole... there. That's Still the thing. There, exactly. So he yeah. has the blessing. Yeah. If Tywin can tolerate it, maybe if it's if he's not there, but if he's there, he controls stuff. Just like in the show, he comes in and stops them doing stuff. So 
Yeah. So Gendry's not happy about the whole turnover. She about Arya helping out with changing it. Um, they killed his uh, blacksmith buddy. Go, you're killing off valuable people. (laughs) (laughs) Not very smart. Blacksmiths take years to train up, but it's not like they're you know you can just pick one up from the store. Yeah, it's funny how Biter and Rorge are eating at the table, too. It's just like this... It's like the table of evil there with all those brave companions. Ugh. And Rorge is looking over her. It's creeping her out. But he knows. He knows. But there's he knows that connection with Jaken and everything. Yeah, but Jaken's out of the picture now, so it was keeping Easy. him under the control. He's not there anymore. <laughs> or is he just somebody else right now? She almost throws the coin away, and then she gets it back, thankfully. That was uh, important. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this Oops. Elmar guy is is actually he was supposed to marry Arya. Like that was kind of the Rob's promise. So it's, it, every time he's like, "Oh, about his princess," and Arya's like, "Oh, I hope your princess dies." She's actually referring to herself, ironically. Yeah. D- really? Do, do, do you think it's foreshadowing? You know, her. Hmm. I hope that. Uh, unfortunately, it might be, given the other stuff about her dying in the winter or whatever. Oh. I didn't pick up on that when I was reading it. Yeah, that's one of the. Well, you you won't pick up on it till. Well, no, I guess you could. You could get in the first too. read, but it's it's usually more of a reread type of thing that you get. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine those two together? <laughs> she would have murdered him. She would have dominated him, yeah. She would have... Whoa, I mean. <laughs> whoa, whoa there. <laughs> just, it's just, just the irony is there. It's funny. It's just like he keeps talking about his princess and stuff, and it's actually Arya <laughs> yeah. right beside him. This is hilarious. Like, you, you don't want the princess. <laughs> <laughs> You see all the phrase here too, like all the stuff. Like Bruce's partnership with the phrase is just strengthened over time. Like they're all here, the guys that he works with, yeah, all the time. But he's not a man to be undone, he says. So where does it come? Where does where does the Red Wedding Pact happen? Hmm. Where is it? Wasn't it in like a Tyrion chapter where he sees Tywin writing stuff, talking about wars won with words? Yeah, that is the exact Red Wedding stuff doesn't happen until the the next book. I mean, kind of overlaps, okay, so, but uh, so nothing's building yet with that. I think his betrayal is building up, but the exact form of the Red Wedding is not there because he does a lot of bad things this chapter in terms of Rob because he sends uh, Talhart over and Glover to go there, and that's not Rob's order at all. He's sabotaging them directly to go to mm-hmm. Duskendale. Right. That's bad, and then he goes hunting for wolves and kills wolves. Like that's such a <laughs> symbolism right there of his impending betrayal. Well, is this around the area where Nymeria's pack is running around? Yeah, that's what's actually causing the trouble, is Nymeria and her pack <clears throat> out there. Yeah, we had a, I asked for questions on Facebook and Twitter before we started. Mm. And uh, actually, my cousin, uh, Eric, <laughs> Eric, <laughs> you're a weird one, asked, were the wolves that Bolton was hunting part of Nymeria's pack? So we're going with Yes. Yeah, I mean, even Roos himself kind of says, like, back in the day, there was direwolves causing this kind of stuff. It's weird that it's happening now. I and mean, it's like, yeah, because Nymeria is a direwolf, yeah. and she's leading a giant pack. Agreed. Completely agree. Yeah. Mm. I was wondering, like, because he, he, I think they killed seven wolves. I was looking, I was trying to see if there's some sort of symbolism in the numbers. I'm not sure. Well, they killed nine wolves, and yeah. two were Two were uh, pups. Babies. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm. The nice Sounds... soft fur. Yeah, I can't see any connection with that. Yeah, maybe somebody might be able to put that together. See if there's 
Well, I'm sure when it comes to numbers, you can put anything together. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone's like complaining the roost. They're like, "Oh, the war is over. We got to do this." And he's like, "Oh, I'm so it's so fine to have such brave and valiant brothers here." <laughs> <laughs> I like the letter from uh, Fat Walda. <laughs> His loving wife wants him to come home, and she can. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture yeah. Ruth. He's like, "What is this yeah. crap?" Throw it in the fire, and then. But the thing, he throws a book in the fire, and I was trying to figure. It doesn't say anything on Tower of the Hand about it, and there's not much online. There's a couple of theories, but like, what book was that that he threw in the fire? He read a book and then he threw it away. Because they don't mention anything about it, right? Just that it was leather bound yeah. and yellow. It's an old book, yeah. So yeah. some people were like saying this is like when he's reading like dark magic kind of stuff. The whole crazy theory about him, like. What? There's, there's this whole theory about Roos being like, kind a of vampire? like, yeah, a vampire or an immortal or something. He uses dark magic to keep what? with leeches, and then he was like reading that book in Iron Hall. As part oh, of oh yeah, his, there's like, there's a good, there's like a theory there that he's like a knight's king, and uh, mm. he's another, and that's why he looks the way he does. And what it, it, really? It, it, it's got a good build up to it. That's that a good build up, like but it's such other. a like it, it just feels like there should be still more, and it have such a big revelation. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think it's true, but yeah. the theory's got some ground. Yeah. Oh my gosh! There's other blood in. So is he like a descendant of an other and a and a human? Hmm. Yep. Is that that's what it is? Wow. It just he doesn't need to have all these like metaphysical things to make him like the scary, crazy guy he is. He's just like a lord who's trying to become a, a king in the north. That's like enough. He doesn't really need. This extra layer, but it's just interesting what people can put together when they have. Yeah, he's time. pretty scary as he is. Yeah. So I, when I was thinking of that book, I was like, well, maybe that's that book is the one that Ned read, read and he's starting to think he's going to go with the Lannisters. He's just burning it as evidence. Because why would he just burn a book? Like, it's no reason to do so. People he say that's just showing his character. He gets something out of it and then burns it. But still, what, what's the book? Hmm. So, I don't know. That is interesting. Kyburn's in here as well. Kyburn's already rising up the ranks. He- yeah, we got Quyburn mentioned, uh, Shagwell. Oh, yeah, Quyburn's the one who brings him the letter from his wife. Hmm. She writes him every day. Wow. Oh, Bruce is like, God. Why they have run out of ravens? What do they do? Just catch them all and then ride them back to. I never understood how the raven thing works because don't they only go one direction? Uh, Each raven goes to a specific place. Yeah, so hopefully that's something George will fix up. I mean, it doesn't really matter, really, but logistically that's problematic if they don't go back and forth. You have to keep shipping them, like, by cart or something. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's, like, a job in Westeros, just, you know, shipping ravens around the place. Hmm. So, well, so many letters get sent back from one castle to another castle. I imagine you usually have one for for most places. Uh, I don't know. It's worth, but they put, they put the money toward maintaining it because it's worth having yeah. that uh, network. There's probably a traving, traveling raven salesman. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants ravens from King's Landing? All right, here you go. Here you go. From the north, from the north, here's some more. I'm, I'm like planning out a fan fiction in my head now. <laughs> the Raven Master and the Innkeeper's Daughter, something? Or... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> you, you get some kinky another... shit going on tonight. <laughs> oh, you get Louis Royo to uh, illustrate it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's great with children's novels. And then uh, Kyburn's like, it's terrible times, uh, and he's like, what, terrible times? One king may be terrible, but not, but four, Roos says. I think that's showing his opportunistic side. When there's four, he can play to his advantage. 
Yeah, that's got to be demonstrating that because why else would you be excited that there are four kings? I think it's mm. just it opens up the possibilities, you know, of betraying one of them. Yeah, it's interesting. They're all like, "Oh, uh, Rob isn't going to win. Yeah. He's not as good as Stannis. All that." But Bruce Bolton's the only one who stands up for it. He's yeah. like, "Well, he's beating the Lannisters at every turn. Keep doing it." He's but. good at reading the the how everyone's feeling though. Like you can see that Rob's losing. Faith. And it's just Winterfell. Well, it's the fall of Winterfell. That's the key. Mm. Has he married the other person now? Uh, Jane Westerling? Has that happened yet? Well, we actually get the letter for that happening. I don't know if it actually. Des- I don't think it actually describes it in detail. It just says we've been betrayed. But that's what the letter is later in the chapter when the phrase are all pissed off and Elmer's like, "I can't marry my princess." That yeah, well, I, that. like that—that that was the nail in the coffin. Like, I feel like Roos would still have been on Rob's side yeah. until. They lost the phrase. Yeah, he did a huge risk by sending Talhart and the guys. I mean, I guess he he suspects that they'll all be killed. But if like somebody gets back and it's like, yeah, Roos told us to go, that's kind of bad. Hmm. But I guess he'd be like, no, I didn't. Where's your evidence? <laughs> evidence <laughs> it was in that book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody was like, that book was the Winds of Winter. It was burned. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, it's during this part where he gets uh, he gets letter from the north and everything that Arya overhears that Bran and Rickon are dead, or so everyone thinks. And Arya sucks it up, man. She doesn't. Uh... Can you imagine Sansa getting that news in such a situation? Mm. Oh, woe is me! And start crying and everything. Arya just like <gasps> can't do anything. No, I think Sansa's pretty good at hiding emotions as well by this point. Yeah, maybe, maybe at this yeah. point, yeah. But um, pretty hard-hitting fact yeah. for her to get. Yeah, she's pretty smart to, like, I mean, she's kind of like, it's a mechanism, but she's like, oh, it must be a lie. That's a good way to deal with it at the moment. Otherwise, she doesn't want to yeah. show the emotion in front of Roos. Mm. But later on, when uh, she bumps into Elmer again, and he's talking about the prince not not marrying her and everything, and Arya thinks to herself, yeah, well, my brother just died. Or I think she tells him, actually, my brother is dead. Mm. Something along those lines. And uh, he just doesn't care. <laughs> and she goes to the uh, Godswood after that. And this was really interesting. Like, I mean, when you first read it, you think she's just kind of imagining. But she feels dizzy and then she feels like she's hearing voices. Do you think she's getting some sort of external influence through the trees? Well, every time something with the heart trees now, I just picture Bran inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's Bran. That's Bran talking to her. Your Arya Stark of Winterfell. Brand just sending some encouragement. Or, I mean, it could still be Bloodraven at the time, because that would be Bloodraven present doing stuff. Or, I mean, is it even Ned? Is, like, a bit of Ned's, like, spirit still in the trees or something? Hmm. I don't think Ned's in the no. trees. What's well, interesting, if there's no, like, if time doesn't matter when you're in the trees, won't Bloodraven and Bran exist? Yeah, they would get to be at the same time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same but, but Bloodraven was saying that going back is not possible. Maybe Bran has the power to do so, though. But Bloodraven himself couldn't. So oh, it, could, it, could, it could be Bloodraven at that time doing it, or it could be Bran going backwards. I see, it. I see. So it's more... But I thought Bran was able to go backwards. Didn't he see Ned? Well, he sees it. I mean, they can see it as well, but Bloodraven said he can't break through, he can't actually do anything, but may, maybe Bran has the power to do so. Like, he can also go back and look at all the stuff. That's what he does. He goes back and looks oh. at everything. Right? Okay. He like, relives okay. life over and over again. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, it's not like you can do much now. Like, what, what did he, what's he done? Whispered Theon? 
The, uh, yeah, but they can actually can hear you now. It's the question is, can you actually hear you in the past? Although Ned seems to be like, look, copy's like, what? Did somebody say something? Remember, it was, it was the whole like the idea he'd go back and make Ned crazy by keep speaking to him over and over again, and then, then he would be able to come hand. <laughs> is that a natural theory? <laughs> yeah, we came up with that sometime, didn't we? No idea what we come up with at the time. <laughs> I just file it under a mean and leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, so let's see. So Arya hears um, about the death, and um, she finds out that Bruce Bolton's going to leave the castle of Vargo Hoet, hmm. and she s- steps up. We're out of here, which is a smart move, I'm thinking. And uh, she goes, convinces Gendry, sort of like, not really shames him, but sort of kind of, you know, I guess she tricks him a little bit with the lie. Tricks him, uh, uh, but I guess in the end, it's probably good for him because it the castle falls again later to the mountain, and maybe he would have died there. Yeah. So. I mean, I wouldn't want to be there under Vargo Hoet anyway. Yeah. God knows what she said. Is, God knows what she said about Vargo Hoet. It's true. He's going to chop a leg off everybody. Um, and then she goes to Hot Pie. Vince's Hot Pie as well. And it's time to get out of there. <laughs> and they do. And this is where we get, uh, we get the murder. She becomes the cold-blooded killer. Yeah. But this is the point in the books where everyone's just like, this is the first time, like, it's not self-defense in any sort of way. It's just straight up cold. Mm. FT Ward asks on Twitter, is the killing of the Bolton guard justifiable? Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, they're trying to escape basically from prison. So it's basically what Jamie said. It's like the duty of every prisoner to try to escape. Mm. It's the sense of prison. I mean, it's not, I mean, justifiable. It's a tricky way of... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Ugh. That particular guy didn't deserve it, obviously. But uh, or at least what we guy. know, he just wanted a free silver from his boss. Yeah, he thought he was doing such a good job. Yeah, but at the same time, if it wasn't Arya, if it was you know some older character that we're used to seeing this kind of behavior from, like would we even blink an eye at it? Hmm. It's more the fact that it's Arya that makes it a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And it's she's, more she's what so it tactical says about, about her. it. She's like, have to go for the neck, and she thinks of it and says, "You know what? If Arya hadn't killed him, Roos probably would have." When so three, go. <laughs> when three horses, a blacksmith, his okay. his uh, cupbearer, and one of the chefs disappears out the front gate in the middle of the night. Yeah, that guy was probably yeah. going to get dead anyway. And the guy who uh, who gave the horses, even though he just so really, the it was a mercy, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're saying. Yeah, his head would have been right up next to everybody else's on a spike with covered in probably tar. Probably would have been put to the question to find out how this yeah. happened. So hmm. really, true, she yeah. did him a favor. Exactly. <laughs> well, you want to see Roos's expression when he finds out that that uh, she ran away too, because he wouldn't know about that. He's crazy yeah i wonder i wonder what he thought because he was like even surprised earlier when she's talking to him he's like what you're, you're talking to me you can see his, <laughs> what? His what you're talking to me it's like my food it's like he was like you gonna eat a piece of his food and it started talking to him that that's like it just he's so he's so and i don't and it's, it's one of the things i love to hate about him where he's like so that's such a noble and so like caring about that kind of stuff where it's like complete opposite of ned for example would never threaten somebody's tongue for speaking to him like like just even would Ned ever do that? No, it's like the complete opposite. Different, different Northmen. Yeah. So, uh, wh- how'd your view change of Arya after this? Did you love her a little more? Did you hate her a little more? I think, but at the time, I was fine with it. I mean, it was just like, yeah, she's got to escape and go and let's see what happens. 
Yeah. All right. She thought it was all good. It was like, okay, she had to do that. To escape, she had to kill him. She wasn't going to get out of there otherwise. It seemed like they had. It was. She wouldn't want. If she was some other guard, she was going to try to trick them. But it was a Bolton man. I don't know. You got to think. Harren Hall is so big. The, not all the walls can be covered with guards. They don't have that many men. Hmm. Hmm. But she did what she had to do. Yep. I, I really like the moment where um, she finds out that Varga Ho is going to be taken over, and she just she doesn't piss and moan and whine about it. She just she sits there in her bed for a little bit, and she realizes that uh, no, she's not going to be here for that. She's going to do something about it. It's pretty awesome. I like that. I, I like that part of the chapter where she just makes the decision. Now, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get out of here. I thought it was really cool. It was a really uh, stand-up moment. Yeah, she looks at the map and sees where uh, Riveron is and going to try for that again. <laughs> it doesn't help her very much, we find out. <laughs> Boy, she sees Gendry naked in this chapter, too, for those people shipping them. She does. It was funny. I was reading that part, and it's like he gets out of the bed naked, walks across the room, and puts a shirt on, or puts a tunic on. I was like, he doesn't put any pants on? <laughs> I think it's one of the ones that kind of, it's like a one piece that Mimi draws. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Ch- chibis? What Ch- are they? Chibi tunic. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the image for the chapter, for somebody trying it. I guess this chapter's already done, though. Huh. Gendry Chibi. Nothing but a tunic on. How does this come up? <laughs> this is what happens when I, I lose focus for like five seconds. You've turned it into Pokemon. <laughs> Not Pokemon! <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got any... Um... Oh, a lot of people are asking about... We- I asked about questions for this chapter. A lot of people are talking about Weasel Soup. I always get them confused, too. I always think the Weasel Soup chapter is the same one where she escapes. But that's not it. Mm. This is not the Weasel Soup chapter. So, no, uh, it's the consequences of that chapter, kind of. Relating to uh, Roose Bolton, again, again, those crazy theories. They're saying even like the skin changing they did was... I mean, the skin flaying they did was part of a desire to be skin changers. That's what some people were talking about. Wait, say that again to me? Like, they, they do skin flaying, right? They flay the skins of their enemies. It's like... Because they wanted to, do, to be skin changers. Mm. It's like they felt bad about it, so they're like, okay, let's flay Well, it's because them. Bolton is the grandchild of another, and the others didn't like skin change. So they flit- no. <laughs> Just going with a theory here. Well, if, if you want a good read, read the Bolton theories. Like, I don't believe them, but they're entertaining. Everett on Facebook says, So is this the moment when Roos decides to turn on Rob Stark? Notice how the phrase abandoned river run. We know this from Catelyn Wan and Storm of Swords, but they stay with Roos after finding out about Jane Westerling. Oh, this is all stuff from, from Storm. Yeah. Well, the Storm does overlap with the end of this book. So it's, it's I guess, but I still think that's still slightly after this. I mean, they, had, they get the news about uh, Rob's betrayal. What was the connection? We have another question. Uh, Flo- Flor- Floricita? My apologies on Facebook. What was the connection between Rorg and Biter and Jaken? Why were they helping him? Yeah, they were together in the cell and cage, but is that enough to help him do stuff he didn't want want to do himself in the first place? Because hmm. they were scared of him is the key. The question yeah. is, why were they scared of him? We're not sure, but they were scared of hell of him. Which, Which brings me to the question, A, what happened in the kitchen? Or B, is Hot Pie a faceless man? <laughs> Yeah, he did something to scare them while they were all in the cells earlier, and then uh, and to do something to make these guys scared of him means it's something serious. Mm. 
That's that's why I was Jake when was always the creepiest of the three in some sense. It's just like these guys are afraid of him. Like there's something up with this guy. There you go. Question from the same person. I don't like Gendry there. While Arya may still be naive at this point, he is at least he is at least in that situation. He is a coward, but understandably so. But he really thinks he can live a good life at Harrenhal? Question mark. That's what pisses me off. For her, it's a pivotal moment to kill the guy, of course. Hmm. Yeah, did Gendry just, really think he was going to have a good life there? I, I think he's just seen so much, you know, it, it it's all blurred into one for him. Hmm. And he, he just thinks that that's, that's his lot in life and that's what's going to be. Hmm. Yeah, trying to escape is also really risky. He gets one over, but it's still, it's very dangerous to try and escape that place. Cool, cool. All right, that's it for questions on this chapter. Anything else about this one, guys? No, I think that's it for me. Yo, Arya off on her own. Dun, dun, dun. That's the last Arya chapter of Clash, right? Looks like it, is it? It's, uh, I believe so. The main they list. walk off into the sunset. Now we're on to Sansa. Yep. Our next chapter is Sansa, let's say five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Reading my nom- Roman numerals. So we got Sansa 8, and in this one, it's uh, basically in the in uh, King's Landing. After the Battle of the Blackwater, we have all the honors being given and um, and whatnot. And we have Joffrey agreeing to marry Marjorie and putting aside Sansa in this chapter. And that's sort of uh, the big thing in this one. So basically, it's a whole bunch of lords and people being made knights. Coming in and out and talking to Joffrey and Tywin. And yeah, so let's catch up on everybody. We've got a whole bunch of names in this one. <laughs> Everyone Jeez. is uh, dressed up really well, including Jalibur's Joe, who's in all in feathers. Does he have a feathered hat on? It's all in feathers. He's got a plumage. He's, uh... Fly away, Jalibur Joe. I want to know more about that guy. And he intrigues me. I think he's... This is the guy who's basically Viserys, except in Westeros, right? Like, I think that's... I think he's a lot more chill, chill guy, though, than... He's, <laughs> yeah. he's popular, and he's got friends and stuff, and he's... You think he's very similar to Viserys? Sort of. Like, he, yeah, I he's made like... fun of for being an exile kind of thing, and everyone, yeah. Oh, okay, I got Like, you. nobody takes him seriously I think he's kind of there sense. to show what Viserys was going through in terms mm. of being treated. Like, he was, you know, kind of like a court oddity that mm. people just was... Hmm. But he takes it with much better grace. But he also stands out yeah. quite a bit because of the color of his skin, though, right? Oh, well, Viserys is an Essos, and he's a Targaryen. Mm. Mm. So his hair and his eyes. depends on where he is. I yeah, mean. very true. So uh, we have the Summer Islander, exiled. He was a prince. Oh, I want to know more. Yeah, the question is, did, did he deserve to be exiled? Like, was he a tyrant, or was he just, like, unlucky that he got exiled? Like, we don't know about that. Don't What's his know. story? Who was the former host who wanted to hang out here? Or uh, you got this and the Quiet Isle mixed up? What do you mean? <laughs> what do I mean? Somebody wanted to spend uh, vacations on the Quiet Isle. Oh, it was Aaron, I think. Yeah, Aaron, yeah. Oh, uh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got all these people coming in. It starts off, Tywin rides in on his horse. He's in his beautiful crimson armor and his lion helm <laughs> and his sunburst shoulder pads and shit and his... Horse takes a crap right at the base of the Iron Throne. <laughs> they yeah. kept this part in in the show. So right there, he's named uh, Savior of the City, and is he? He's and he's named Hand of the King there, right as well, because Joffrey puts the, the 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 necklace on him. 
the link. Yeah, it so. looks like Regent. I mean, it doesn't say Regent, but basically the same thing as Regent as well. Like to rule. Regent? Yeah. Rule until Joffrey comes into uh, of age. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So uh, we get that, and then the Tyrells come in. And we have Mace Tyrell, and we have Garland Tyrell, and we have Loras Tyrell. And right away, Loras asks to be put on the King's Guard. So what's the whole logic behind this? Why was this a good step for the Tyrells? Because it's always harder to marry a younger son and double, doubly harder for Loras, right? <laughs> this little finger says. <laughs> yeah, but are they getting? What are they getting out of it? Just more Tyrells at King's Landing? Is it, or just uh, do they still have the old honor system that it's just a wonderful thing for their house to have a family member on the King's Guard? Yeah, I think you explained it right there, and it just and also related to Loras. I mean, he, he lost Renly, and he was not interested in getting married. So this yeah. is like a good outlet to him, and he's martial and a good fighter. Mm. And then Littlefinger has already put the idea in their heads by like playing. He has people playing songs about like the heroes of King's Guard. Like he kind of put the idea in their heads as well. All right. And then we get Sir Garland who comes up, and uh, he asks Joffrey to marry Marjorie. Telling a nice lie about how Marjorie has fallen in love with Joffrey from afar. <laughs> oh bullshit! I like I like how that that that's like the, the little like glamour or little icing they put on the like basically a political marriage, but they need the excuse that like yeah she's fallen in love with your stories. Oh, total sugar coating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, does anyone actually believe any of this stuff? I mean, <laughs> Joffrey probably does. No, he doesn't. Well, even Joffrey was, he had to pretend he looked surprised, so he was obviously ordered to do this earlier, but he still tries to do this little rebellion thing here. You know, thing about setting aside Sansa, it's all rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't think Joffrey thinks that people will fall in love with him? So <laughs> oh, you mean he actually accept that? Beautiful yeah, that's a possibility. And amazing he is. Yeah. I feel like he's the type of person who would believe that. That part, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's not enough for him, though. He wants to hold on to Sansa. <laughs> yeah, he wants to torment her. He seems a little hesitant. Yeah. She's like, "Oh my god, is he gonna? Is he gonna?" Um, I don't know I got that impression, but yeah. maybe not. So yeah, he didn't want to. I mean, Tywin basically bullied him into doing it hmm. with a glance. So they go through the whole whole show of, "Oh, but I can't. I'm promised to another. I'm an honorable person," and then. The Queen and the Septon and everybody, they, they let him off the hook. And he agrees to marry Marjorie. And, uh, he's never met her. Guess he, yeah, he was totally forced to do that, huh? Yeah. That's political marriage 101. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, who comes in next? Oh, the Heroes of the Blackwater. Yeah. We have Lord Paxter, his son's. Uh, horror and hor- what is it? Horror and slobber or something. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Mathis, Lord Randall Tarley, Kevin Lannister, Adam Marbrand, uh, and several others. So we have all these people doing good <clears throat> in the battles. We have more mentions of the Fossaways. And- yeah, the uh, Lothar Apple Eater who, who's killed Fossaways. This way, he gets that title. That's that's a nice little bit of uh, I mean, he gets we see him more later, but. It, Bit of back, a bit of like story building there, and in in, in the uh, board game, uh, they have like Lothar Bruin, Lothar Apple Eater. Like his card has a picture of him eating an apple. That's pretty cool. That they put that in there. Really? 
Now, yeah. I remember hearing the Lothar Bruin. Is that because I've been playing the game, or does he show up later in the story? He's one of Littlefinger's dudes. I believe so. Yeah, he's like one of his, he works with Littlefinger in the Vale. He even protects Sansa from Marillion, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he fancies Miranda Royce as well. I think he has a crush on her. Ah. Oh no! Wasn't he the one with Gatehouse Amy? Uh, Gatehouse Amy, I think, was with like a Frey, right? Or Maya. That's what I meant. Maya Stone. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is Maya Stone Maya that he found. Yeah, it's not Miranda. It's Maya Stone because that's that's within his a- like reach. Amy's in what the reach? She's at yeah. uh, the dairies, I think. Yeah, no, I, me- I meant yeah. Maya Stone. Maya Sorry. Stone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because that's good. That would be a good match for them, I think, because he doesn't have a problem with her being like a fighter. Hmm. Uh, and I think it was Sir Lothar because no, yeah, it is because Santa talks to Miranda about it and they talk about. Do you think he pictures her in silks and? Miranda's like, I think she, he pictures her naked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> so. <laughs> Lothar Brune, you dirty bastard. <laughs> the Brune. Here's uh, his uh, image, I was going to say. I know, I'm, lo- I'm looking him up right now myself. Oh, it's just interesting getting this list of all these characters, and a lot of them are, we see more of them later. It's kind of like an intro on screen. Well, he does not look like he's enjoying that apple very much. Oh, it's a green apple. The yeah, good kind of apple. <laughs> Let's see. Lothar takes part in the tourney of the hand in Game of Thrones. He defeats Jory Cassell on a judgment by Robert Baratheon. Um, let's see. He does all this stuff in... Uh, he's in the list during the tourney of King Joffrey's 13th name day. Uh, he is Ser Dantos's opponent. Serdantos is too drunk. Then he's uh, he's the one who commands the crossbowmen to kill Serdantos in Storm of Swords. Uh, he protects Sansa from Marillion. Yeah. Um, Luther Brome becomes captain of the guards at the Eyrie later on. It's rising high. Yeah. Sansa thinks Lothar fancies the late King Robert's Bastardoria Meyerstone. Do do do. And some other stuff. So yeah, he follows uh, Littlefinger around here. So speaking of Littlefinger, he comes in at some point <laughs> after everybody else, and he is granted the title of Lord of Harrenhal. Pretty big deal, even though he doesn't actually get the castle. I, yeah, he does. He just doesn't want to go there. Well, he can't really go there. Oh well. <laughs> the roost is sitting there right now. Yeah. Well, when, he, when he can, he doesn't go. There. Burning his books. Yeah. But he wants the title more than he wants the castle. Yeah. yeah. Because it's with the title, he can um, you know, be taken more seriously. He actually has some power later on at the Eyrie. He's not just some Joe Schmo. He's actually a lord. Yeah, he can actually go after to marry her with the mm. title. Which is, uh, yeah. you know, all what he wants. Baby steps. Yeah. Gotta get there. Hmm. So, uh, we get all that. We get that. What else do we get? We have a we... bunch of uh, guys get coming to get knighted. Uh, by the knights, and then oh they spent like they walk barefoot, but not naked. Over, it's not quite Cersei's walk. Yeah, they have to. Uh, what do they hang out in the set for a while and pray and stuff, and then they have to yeah. walk across the entire city barefoot. Seems kind of weird. You, that's what you have to do to become a knight. Not regularly, I think. This is kind of like a special occasion to kind of oh. show off. Okay. And six hundred knights are made that day. <laughs> six hundred. Yeah. Oh my you, you think, god! Uh, you think after like once some of them were made, they could then use them to make others? 
Like you could <laughs> instead of just having the three. Okay, now that, now you you three also like knight these other people like let's get a chain thing. That'd going. be a disgrace. Well, I guess yeah, you want to be knighted by the Kingsguard, not by the guy who just got knighted a second ago. Yeah, exactly. But you're being knighted by Osmond Kettleblack. We don't even know if he's a knight properly. So, mm. so we do swan. get mentioned. They bring in the captains of some of the ships, um, and uh, and then that happens, and that's not what I meant to talk about. Then they bring in the uh, the people who were on Stannis's side, hmm. and some of them still for Stannis. Some of them just vow to Joffrey, get off the hook. But one of them is a gentleman named Orain, the bastard mm. of Driftmark. Is this Orain Waters? Yep. The Valerian bastard. Ding, ding, ding. So is this where he show, first shows up, huh? Orain, the bastard of Driftmark. Yeah, he was, he was fighting for Stannis. I think he was a mercenary slash fighter for him. And then Interesting. They all set up here, yeah. So he hangs out in King's Landing for a while. Till he catches Cersei's eye, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Cersei's got the Targaryen fever. Interesting. <laughs> what is that? Purple fever then, or <laughs> the white blonde hair and yeah. the purple eyes? Oh, that's her yeah. thing. Yeah. Jamie's yeah, just gotta buy a pair of contacts, and <laughs> then he doesn't need to worry about Osmond Kettleblack <laughs> and Moon Boy. Moon Boy is just the descendant of Mushroom. <laughs> down, down the... So we have some have men. Like a, a jester's union where they all get together and share secrets, and they're like secretly yeah. taken over the world, and Varys is actually conspiracy. working for them. Yeah, and it's all run by Mushroom. Yeah, it was all set up <laughs> by him. Yeah, that's why he's writing all the time. He's actually he put, he has a code inside his work. There's a secret code, <laughs> Mushroom code. Mushroom code. <laughs> mushroom like every time he mentions turns... like his member or something, it has a meaning. You have to translate it into a number and. <laughs> Mushroom always tries to turn the meetings all dirty and stuff, and everybody's like, "Dude, stop it!" <laughs> yeah. So then we have uh, uh, some men who are who are still loyal to the last for Stannis, and um, one of them gets murdered right there in the in the throne <laughs> room. <laughs> but we have Joffrey throw a little temper tantrum, temper tantrum, and uh, slice his arm open on the Iron Throne. Hmm. And, uh, we have the this... throne denies him. The throne denies him, and and what and the Stannis, the man loyal to Stannis, is very quick to point that out, mm. as well. Uh, everybody kind of thinks it. He's so pathetic. He just cries to his mom. He's like mother, and like he <laughs> really is. Well, what is he like? Twelve? No, I think he's like fifteen. Isn't right. he like Rob's age? He's slightly, He's younger than Rob, and he's younger than he is in the show. But still, he didn't really. He just sliced his hand. He's enough to. It was his, his own doing. It wasn't. Like he, he, was... he needed three meisters to take care of it, though. Oh no! It sounded pretty bad. It sounded like he was flailing his arms and just sliced one open. Hmm. But uh, but then uh, he gets taken away, and and Tywin takes over the duties, and we get another mention of that the Iron Throne may be really freaking big. There's a small sentence on here about how Tywin um, sits on a step that's only three feet off the ground. Hmm. Yeah, the yeah, throne in really the show cool. was never what I envisioned at all. So, uh, yeah, so then Tywin finishes the day, and Sansa goes to her room, uh, excuse me, uh, goes to her room to eat, goes to the Godwood. She's so excited, she's free, and then Debbie Downer shows up. <laughs> Danto shows up, and he's like, don't be happy, now he can rape you and put bastards in your belly. 
Thanks a lot, Dantos. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> no. uh, but this is the moment where uh, Dantos gives her the hairnet with the black amethyst in it. And uh, talks about how they're deep, dark purple. And how this is her freedom and vengeance and justice. And to wear it at the wedding. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. It's just so obvious when you read it again. <laughs> the first time I was reading this, I was like, why is he giving her this? I don't think he's, he's actually said a word in this particular line, does he? He just says, uh, I think so. Not, not in this like particular scene. Do, does he say later? Because I know he, he says in this one that they've picked the day that they're going to free her, which is Joffrey's wedding. Um, but yeah, I don't remember him saying, wear this. I'm sure he says it at some point. That's between, a maybe not on screen, but you think he would. Not on screen. Hmm. Um... I wonder if they actually does he know that they're actually poison, or they just like oh, like or he just kind of kind of knows that there's something up with them, because he didn't have to tell them that it's poison. He could just say like, make sure she wears it. Hmm. Yeah, I think it would be. I feel like it would be unwise of Littlefinger to yeah. explain the entire story. He's like, hey, we're gonna this hairnet. It's got some poison in it, so make sure you, he could just say here. Make sure Sansa wears this on the wedding day. This is the key to her escape or whatever. Yeah. And that should be enough, really. Yeah. And Dantos in his drunken stupor. Yup. <laughs> yup. Okay, boss. Mm. Yeah, I'm under the impression that he doesn't know the full story. He knows enough to do what he has to yeah. do, but he doesn't. It just would be smarter not to tell him. He might know it, but it just, I, I don't think it was yeah. smart to tell him the full details. Because then if for whatever reason word gets out, he gets tortured or something. Yeah. He, you know, plausible deniability. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that was uh, that was Sansa chapter Sansa eight. That was quick. Yeah. It, chapters, you know, not much happens with the no hound. Not Ashley's eyes. Yeah, the final chapter of each character in the book. This is her last chapter. This is her last chapter as well. Yeah. Yeah. My God, I can't believe we're still on crown whatever thing. Crown Kings. whatever thing. <laughs> A crown of thorns. <laughs> well, there we are, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of a podcast of Ice and Fire. We're almost done Clash of Kings, so uh, keep coming back. We'll finish that up and probably be on to Storm of Swords. So uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at APOIAF. We're podcastdeviceandfire.com, and we'll see you again next time. See you next time. I'm going to move all the announcements to the after show. I think I'll do that if it's right. better. Go. Was that like a hoof at the end, Ashley? What was that? Oh, I did awesome. You did? Oh, I think you broke up on my end. Mm-hmm. All I heard yeah. was oh. Happy headphones. <laughs> I hope that's how it comes out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time.
You had some announcements to make, I heard? I do, yeah. I have a couple of announcements. I take a look at the list here. I mean, like, first of all, one is that, again, you you and I and uh, Mimi will be at Comic-Con, so we may be doing a meetup at that point. Yes. Wait, we might be now? Well, pretty sure we're going to that first night we will, but maybe other nights as well we'll see people. It depends on everyone's schedule, but that first night we're having a meetup after preview night. Do we know where? We don't know where yet. We're discussing on the forums where it's going to be, but it'll be within walking distance of the convention center. Yeah. Somewhere in the glass lamp, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be a uh, Mimi and a Means hotel room. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not get kicked out of our BYOB. We actually get Continental buffet breakfast, which I'm looking forward to. So we'll need that to get through the day. The energy in a breakfast. Jealous. Yeah. All right, what else we got here? We got uh, thank you to Christina for sending us 3D printer stuff, which I'll actually bring to uh, Comic Con, and she's going to send you something separately, Ashley. Like she printed basically like a little Winterfell model for us. Aww. So I have stuff for you, for Mimi and Kyle because she said just to do in one package and I can give it to them at uh, Comic Con. Oh sweet, thank you. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. Are they all Winterfell? Uh, no, there's a Winterfell one and there's like uh, you wanted like a Sunspear thingy. Like yeah. there's um, I don't have it quite here. There's a few pieces there still in the bag. Nice. And then we know how we always like uh, ask. We're always like, oh, I wish we got review copies of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So we actually were sent this way back. I've sent it to all of you guys way back. It was um, somebody named Valerie Frankel, who's done some writing on Game of Thrones herself. She sent us like a review copy of her uh, Women in Game of Thrones book. But uh, we're just so busy this summer that we have. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to do it anytime soon to actually talk, chat about it. But I wanted to give thanks for her for sending to to us. Wait, what are you getting to me that you're not telling us about? You're getting books? oh, I forwarded yeah. to you guys. And I sent I sent it to you guys. You have a copy of it. It's like it's it's like this. It's, uh. it's, you basically. Wrote about yeah. Check your email. I guarantee you have a copy of it. But it's just a while back that we. Got well, it. neither of us remember this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just looked it up like an hour ago, and I saw the email sent to all of you guys. Uh-oh. Like, but it's like a 200 plus page book, and we're all traveling, doing stuff now. It's hard to. And it's all about Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's her. It's like you know how yeah, it's her analysis. Like this, the one she sent is women in Game of Thrones. So she's analyzing the women in Game of Thrones. Is oh. her book, and she's done some other books, symbols in Game of Thrones. And works in other areas as well. So I wanted to give thanks at least that we got the thing to review, but we just can't do it on a timely basis right now. I mean, it's mm. hard to even record a podcast. Right? So take it the book's already out then. Oh, yeah. I think it's been out for quite a while. She just sent us a copy, like an ebook copy. So thanks for that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, well, two Hello? other things. Sorry. I mean, you're breaking yeah, up. Yeah, um, well, I, I don't know if it's a mean, but my computer's breaking up, too, so Uh-oh. it might be me. I can hear Ashley fine. Okay, am I back, or is it still... You're back, your quality's dropped a little bit. Okay, well, we're almost done. We're almost done with these announcements. All right. Well, okay. Means is uh, means experiencing some technical difficulties right now, but he's going to power through his final announcement. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one guest host that we will be having, uh, well, I don't know exactly when, but I've been chat with her, is somebody named uh, Carly Ann Reynolds, who she's actually done a few uh, song adaptations. The Dornish Man's wi- uh, Wife, I like in particular, but she's also made some ones based on the show, and she does it on YouTube. Uh, I've been chatting with her, so she'll be joining us at some point, but she has a new album out as well, so I wanted to mention that. Fancy. Yeah, because I was, I, was, I was already looking at uh, song stuff, because that, one of my... 
essays in the uh, Hem for Spring is dealing with so- songs and singers of Ice and Fire. So I've been listening to a lot of the different music and songs, and uh, she her work is really good. I like her work, so I might put a clip of it in the, at the end of this podcast. Nice. Exciting. Cool. That's all I had to say, the long list of... When are we getting Comic stuff. Book Girl on here? Uh, whenever that fits our schedule and hers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to wait for Ashley to get her computer fixed, because she didn't want to mix that. Yeah, uh, well, now that the show's done, I think she should be more free as well. But then we, I'll e- email her and ask her for after Comic Con when we get back. Anytime after that, we can do mm-hmm. that this summer. Okay. We got to get our shit together. She's a yeah. very intelligent lady. Yeah. Well, for, from now we can start making up the the list of questions, that kind of stuff. If somebody wants to do that. Oh shit. Prepare Ashley, I guess, because you really was your idea. We also <laughs> got some uh, New York uh, trivia. Uh, ice and fire trivia winners that i want to oh, have yeah. on the show at some point so we're going to be doing a trivia episode at some point um hopefully soon as well i got to write up some questions and do that good well we'll probably record something at comic-con if we get the chance maybe just that night i'll uh, record some stuff that we'll put in the after show yeah i bet you will all right then i'll throw it in the fire afterwards nice all right cool well there we go we're uh closer to being done with a clash of kings fantastic finally it will be done within this year 2014 this year we're gonna get sidetracked not gonna make it we can get it done there's only only four more chapters i think we can do it it. two episodes one next week and one after we're done yeah (laughs) like the longest reread in history and then we just move on to the next book we still got three books left to go. Remember when we said that? Oh well, we'll get to dance eventually. We, we just want to finish this one first, and, and then we can talk about. <laughs> we should just have like a mega episode on dance and anything we, we want to talk about. We never did that. We never had our dance episode. No, we had a da- we had a couple episodes on dance, mm. but we just Where? haven't had one since it came out. We just do. We should just do storm. We should take like all right. We're gonna do. Daenerys today, and then just read all the Daenerys chapters and just do her entire story arc for the book. That's a lot of work. <laughs> one episode. That's the good thing about the chapter by chapter. It's not a lot of work. It gets cut up into yeah. tiny pieces. And it keeps us going. Yeah. Because when yeah. it finishes, I'm if done. we don't I'm have not... these chapter reads, what do we have? Nothing. <laughs> we have each other. <laughs> we're just pacing to match the next books. Like It just fits yeah. like we were going to... It's a race... Yeah, I'm I'm up now. I get get confused. I'm gonna talk to Ashley's for a minute about uh, be okay stuff. Okay, um, so I'll leave it open then. I guess I'm hosting. I guess 